We're back. Big fight week. A little bit of a different one because this fight's going to be on a Tuesday in um, where we're at, but it's still a big fight week. So, um, Brian, you also just came back from Montreal or Canada, as you would like to call it. <laughs> how, how was your trip? What? How, was, how was Canada? <laughs> <laughs> um, Montreal. Oh, Montreal is amazing. I want to I want to go back every like two or three years. No joke. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a fantastic trip. I got a little bit of a tan, which I did not expect, um, but was outside a lot, explored a lot, ate a lot. Um, did not gain weight, though, so, you know, still intact. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a very fun trip. Very fun trip. I could get more into it, but, like, you know, I don't know if the people care to hear about that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, Montreal is always a good place to go. Um, good food, good vibe. The city is dope. Especially this is a good time to go in the summertime. You probably don't want to go in the wintertime or spring because it's cold as hell. Um, but did you feel, like, a little bit European? Because it's very European. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dominant language out there is French, uh, as people may or may not know. And uh, I don't know much French, but I knew around. I knew I know how to say hi. I know how to, you know, I got my bonjour, <laughs> my bonsoir. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I know how to ask to go to the bathroom. Not ask to go to the bathroom. So ask <laughs> where the bathroom is. I ask to go to the bathroom like I'm in a goddamn middle school. Um, <laughs> you know what's so weird is that I don't even know how to say how to go to the bathroom. But for some reason, I know how to say biblioteca. That's <laughs> like the only thing that I remember. From, I ended up taking Spanish though after, but I don't. I don't really know. Um, well, like I learned this from one of my boys. If you go to a foreign country or just foreign land in general, right? If you go somewhere else outside the country and they don't speak English, learn how to say hi, learn how to say bye, learn how to ask where the bathroom is, and learn how to say thank you. Learn those four things. So yeah. accomplish that. Um, how do you say go to the bathroom? I, I forgot already, but I okay, said well, it. Like, this is terrible. You just got back yesterday, so um, the fact you know how listen, to say go to the bathroom. What do they call the bathroom again? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I, I look, don't remember. We brought home some maple syrup, little, oh, you know what I'm saying? Little, little, little uh, souvenir. Got these cookies are amazing. Can I see these, those bad boys? Put them up. Put put them up. Put them up. I don't know what those are. These maple biscuits, <laughs> they're incredible. Uh, and I you also, like maple too much, dude. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm in Canada and I like, I have a little bit of a sweet have, tooth. Okay, but tooth. it's also it's like maybe because I'm from Canada and it's like over like it's just a normal thing out here. Maple. Yeah. We don't have I, I, I don't, out here like that. You guys don't have maple out there. Okay, so it's a normal thing out here. And well, the one thing I don't like is like actual, you know that you know that maple syrup you bought. I fuck. Yeah. I, I hate that shit. <laughs> I think it's it's disgust. It's too sweet. I will not put it on my waffles. I will now use, <laughs> I use, I use like, I use like American syrup. Like it's now called Pearl Mill. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, yeah. I use Pearl Mill this. company. It used to be Aunt Jemima, but nonetheless. Yeah, 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 yeah. I use the I, same thing. I don't look, use, I don't I, use maple syrup. It's just we, like. We no. have maple out here, but not, not y'all maple. You know what I mean? Like not the, not the real Canadian authentic shit. You know what I'm Yo, saying? You want to know something crazy? Our maple trees are so nuts. You know, when you're a kid and like you play, you know, back then kids used to play outside. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, Man when hunt, you're, everything. So, yeah. you know, when you were a kid, you'd like play in trees and shit. Legit. Like, <laughs> did you ever play in a tree? You, you played in a tree. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have like these big massive evergreen trees right and you can like go inside them all that stuff anyways the trees like regular trees out here they just have like maple dripping down them 
We, see, we don't have that. We don't like, have it's, anything. It's wild. Like, like, you'll see it sometimes, and you're like, what is that? And it was maple. Um, nonetheless, no, we just that have was... squirrels and pigeons and shit. Like, we have squirrels and pigeons, too. <laughs> but that's all we have on our trees. We don't have maple coming down, though. You know what I mean? I guess so. We also have sun in a blue sky. Let's get into the boxing <laughs> thing right now. All right, this is the fight that we've all been waiting for for a minute. No, I'm not talking about Errol Spence Jr. and Terrence Bud Crawford. This is a fight that I think a lot of boxing fans, nerd boxing fans, have been waiting to see. As soon as, uh, you know, the announcement came, everyone was like, oh, this is happening. Steven, cool boy Steph fighting Niowa Inoue, Inoue. And this is going to be a crazy fight because Inouye is moving up from 118 pounds to 122 pounds. So he's moving up in weight class. And it's going down because at one point we thought cool boy Steph would be undisputed. But then Akhmedaliev lost to Marlon. You know what I'm saying? And it changed everything. And then we saw Inouye move up. So it brings us to the big question, Brian. How hype are you for this fight? And then we'll kind of get into what we're going to talk about. This is like when your favorite artist is about to drop, but also your favorite underground artist is about to drop in like the same week. That's what I feel like with uh, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, and then Stephen Fulton and Nelia in a way. I've arguably been looking forward to this fight just as much as Spence Crawford, even though I think Spence Crawford is more of a... I don't know who's going to win that fight. Whereas with this fight, I don't know who's going to win this fight. But yeah, I, have you better easier, say that. I have an easier time getting to the conclusion, yeah. uh, I feel like. Um, but I, I love that we get all four of these guys doing this in the same week. We also have some good fights on the undercard that are going to uh, appeal to some boxing fans as well. And I really do hope that a lot of casuals check out Stephen Fulton versus Nelia in a way. That's, that's sort of my main thing here. Because everyone's going to watch Spence versus Crawford. But I'm hoping that Tuesday morning, you know, it's it's at a weird time. But look, if you're on the East Coast, it's I think going to be at around 8 a.m. Oh, you should be able to make that if you're on the East Coast and you yeah. don't make that fight at 8 a.m. Like, come on, you can make that fight. That's what I'm saying. And it's like on ESPN Plus, you know what I mean? Like, what are you going to watch? Get Up? Talk about the Cowboys before I like training camp? I like, I, I like the like... training camp talk, okay? But anyway. <laughs> no, point. but I, I like Get Up also, but... I'm not like I'm gonna watch Nelia in a way versus Stephen Fulton. So this fight is exceptional, and we're gonna get into you know our our three part preview, which we do for the big big fights that calls for. We're gonna do two of them this week because we're gonna be busy with that. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited to get into that. Yeah, and of course, uh, with these three-part previews that we do, we do them for most of the big fights. But if there is a fight that you want us to do a big fight preview like this, you can always let us know. Drop some comments below. Before we get into everything, make sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Also, follow us on our social media channels. We're at The Mandatory TKO on IG, Twitter, TikTok. Make sure to also subscribe. And if you already have, thank you so much. And if you're listening to this on the audio side where we want to continue to grow, uh, make sure to hit that rate and review. Leave us a five star. And even if you don't like listen to this on the audio side, still go to the podcast app and make sure to just give us a five star because we would appreciate yes. that. And it helps the channel grow and the show grow. All right. Well, let's get right into it, Brian. What happens if Nayo Inoue 
beats Stephen Coolboy Steph Fulton? I think this is the outcome that the books definitely expect. We'll get into the betting portion of this later on, but it, it puts in a way in just a sort of rarefied air where, okay, you have titles in four weight classes at that point. He won, he won his first world title um, in a six pro fight. Won his second title two fights later, which is to tell you he's gotten two world titles inside of 10 fights in his pro career. And then later, obviously, dominated at Bantamweight. And as you said, moving up from 118 to 122, I think this would be Nelia Inouye's best win in terms of the competition he's faced. And he's faced some good competition throughout his career. Like he's knocked off Nonito Donaire twice, the second time by knockout, the first time uh, had a facial injury, and that ended up going to the cars. And it was a tremendous, tremendous fight. Um, great effort by Nonito Donaire. And he beat Manny Rodriguez, somebody who you know I'm very high on in the bantamweight division. I think he and Jason Maloney are the best bantamweights in the world now that Naria, in a way, has moved up. He got Rodriguez out of there in two rounds, inside of two rounds. Body work was impressive. He just knocked him out. Rodriguez was undefeated at the time. But Fulton is so technically sound. is better than anyone that Inouye's fought. I think uh, Inouye is also better than anyone Fulton's fought. I think that's obvious. And look, Stephen Fulton has a real resume. Somebody early in early in his career, 21 and 0, eight knockouts, nine and 0 with two knockouts against undefeated fighters. You know, he's not fighting chumps to build out this record, right? There's a reason why he's only around 20 fights into his career and is getting a shot at Naria in a way. And, you know, he's beating Brandon Figueroa. He's beating Angelo Leo. He's beating Adam Lopez, like a very young Adam Lopez and Joshua Greer early on in his career, who later on became uh, somewhat of a contender um, in this, you know, sort of bantamweight, super bantamweight world. And I think that in a way, doing this would obviously, I mean, it, it could cement them pound for pound number one for some people if he's not there already. I think with Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, we have to wait a few days to sort of see how that goes. But I think the pound for pound conversation is going to start and stop with winner of that fight and Naoya in a way are going to be in the top two. I think that's where beating Stephen Fulton, especially if he does it sensationally, like if he's mm-hmm. like he's done his last five opponents and 13 of his last 14, then yeah, you'd be talking about in a way being potentially pound for pound number one if you don't have him there already. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it will transcend in a way's career more than it already has. I know that a lot of boxing fans know about him, but those casuals, a lot of them don't. And it's crazy because he's knocking dudes out left, right, and center. I think if Inouye gets this victory and he does it in style, say if he was to knock out Fulton, I think that would make him pound for pound number one boxer in the world. Because, like, listen, I don't want to get into the Bud and Spence preview yet, but I don't see either one of them being knocked out. And I'm just going to say it right here. I don't either. So I think if Inouye was to knock out Fulton, and listen, he's got the power there. We saw what Brandon Figueroa was doing to Fulton and giving him some problems being that aggressor in their fight. Uh, Inouye fights kind of a similar style, right? He likes to bully you in the ring. He likes to cut off the ring. He's good at that. And Inouye, I think not only is it going to transcend him to arguably be pound for pound number one boxer in the world if he does this fight and wins it with style, I think he becomes more of a massive boxer where people are going to be knowing like, hey, this is a guy that we got to check for. Remember, he's like 30 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So he's getting up there in age. He's not a young guy. 
Um, but people, there's people that still don't know about him, which is wild because he's just knocking dudes out left, right, and center. Uh, and you take a look at, you know, you talked about his wins, like Nonita Donaire, uh, Jason Maloney. Uh, if he's able to add Cool Boy Steph to that, it's like, man, you got quite the resume, right? And then you're be also becoming this champion where it's like, you've done it at Junior Flyweight, you've done it at Junior Bantamweight, you've done it at Bantamweight, and now you're going to be doing it at Super Bantamweight. And all those things have to add up where you're like, he is arguably the best boxer in the world. And I think, um, you know, when it comes to marketing, maybe they'll market him a little bit more. I would love to see him in America a little bit more. Um, you know, when he fought Jason Maloney here, I think it was like COVID time. It was. So, you know, I think bringing in a way here for a fight would be massive as well. So I think there's lots of possibilities, but I think his star will just grow. And depending on how this fight finishes, if he does get the knockout over Cool Boy Steph, he is argue, arguably going to be pound for pound number one boxer in the world if you already don't have him there. Because some people actually have Itaway maybe two or three right now. Maybe even one. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like subjective to what people actually think. Sure. But for me, it's like he's definitely top five. But if he gets this knockout over Fulton and he does it in style, it's hard to argue that he's not the best boxer in the world just based off his resume and what he's done. Yeah, I think that's what this week sort of signifies. This is why I think this week is the biggest boxing week of the year. I think people who follow the sport would agree. Um, Tank Ryan was an amazing spectacle, and the buildup was incredible going into that fight. Teofimo Lopez, Josh Taylor was a big fight that we just recently had. Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko. I don't think any of them are this in terms of what this week is because you have two mega fights in it. One, uh, really, that everyone's going to watch and one that I'm hoping more than just the diehards watch. So I think that with, in a way, potentially winning this fight and becoming the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world, I mean, how many guys could say that they were pound-for-pound -pound number one in the world at any point of their career? And in doing so from Japan, I, to your point, like I would love, I would love for him to see because you talked about whether or not they'd bring him to the U.S. again after this. And I hope that that's the case. Not to say that, like, I don't want to sound like a biased American here or whatever. Like, if he wants to finish out his career and just do everything in Japan, like, more power to him. Clearly, there's a reason this fight is in Japan, because look at the attention it's getting uh, locally over there, uh, yeah. as opposed to what it would be doing here, right? And that's not a knock on Stephen Fulton or anybody, quite frankly, but he's a megastar in Japan. No, in a way, it is, right? And... I'm thinking like, man, what if they brought him to even like, it doesn't even have to be T-Mobile Arena or anything like that. I, the formerly called StubHub Center, which I lost track of what that arena is. God, imagine putting a nail you in a way fight there or whatever. Or if my New York bias could show, I would love if they brought him to Madison Square Garden. And I feel and like I think it they would could. really well. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think they definitely could. And we know how that Japanese fan base comes out and supports their fighters, right? They love that. And I actually think he could do it at T-Mobile in Vegas. I think he could do it at the MGM in Vegas, like some old school. I love when they used to have massive fights there at the MGM all the time growing up. Mm. Um, I think in a way has that star power, but I think it's just because he's out in Japan has most of his fights out there that a lot of people miss them. Cause they're at like ridiculous times. Uh, it's hard for people to catch them. It's like, you have to make it one of those things where you're like, I'm going to set an alarm and wake up for this fight. Right. And even on the West coast, like I'm on the West coast. So this card is going to start at like one 2 o'clock in the morning. And the yeah. main event's going to be at 5. AM. So it's yeah. different. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing I think, you know, for, boxing it's such a global sport 
And I think here in America, like we just talked to Cody Crowley and we asked him, where do you want to fight? Like, where's your dream fight? Who is it with? And he's just like Vegas. Like, you know, he didn't even, I thought he was going to be like, well, I'd love to have one in Canada or something like that. You know what yeah. I mean? More <laughs> monumental. That's why I asked him, right? I gave him the alley and he didn't do the oop, but he was like, Vegas, <laughs> yo. You know, <laughs> you know, um, he was like Vegas. So it's just like, I think like his star power is just going to be so much bigger after this fight, regardless of how it ends. Well, I mean, actually, no, that's not true. Because if it ends in a different way, then it's like, oh, what are we saying about Inouye, right? But like, you know what? Let's actually get into that yeah. now. So what I want to ask now, and this is part of our three-part series, Brian, what happens if Stephen Coolboy Steph Fulton beats Inouye? Now, this outcome is, I think, a lot more interesting just from the standpoint of I don't particularly i'm maybe i'm giving i'm tipping my pick here but i don't particularly see it going this way but there are people who do and there's a world where look i'm the guy who when it's boxer versus puncher i tend to lean in most cases toward the boxer because the boxer is going to you know actually be defensive counterpunch effectively usually the boxer has a height reach advantage all those different things Stephen Fulton has a two-inch height, three-inch reach advantage in this fight. Is probably slicker, better counterpuncher. Um, I think Inouye's better all round, but I think Fulton is better at those key elements that can help you beat most guys. And on top of that, naturally at 122, nail your Inouye debut at 108 and then has progressively moved up throughout his career. So is naturally not as big, as big of a puncher as he is, if that makes sense to our, our casual watchers here. Um, but the diehards know that Stephen Fulton is that dude and his fight against Brandon Figueroa, he was able to show you more of his toolbox and actually have some success on the inside. Uh, one judge scored to the draw. I did not think it was a draw. I do think that the 116, 112s are probably more accurate reflections of that fight. I think we both had it eight rounds to four for Stephen Fulton or in that uh, neighborhood at least. And he's just so skilled, right? And he's able to just really master range and master the ring and know where he needs to be at all times it's going to be hard to do that against Naoya in a way but he's going to be if he wins in a pound for pound conversation I don't quite know where um I think he's on some people's pound for pound top 10 already I don't think he's on the pound for pound top 10 yeah I know you have him up there uh in the pound for pound top 10 I don't know where he is for me I gotta really think about that but we're actually gonna make pound for pound lists after this week um at some point in August because it's gonna be of a little bit of a slower time for boxing and I think if Fulton wins this fight one probably would love to see a rematch maybe that's something you could bring stateside right maybe that's something you could put um in Madison Square Garden or where the Sixers play in Philadelphia if Stephen Fulton wants to bring it home for him and I think that he's in, he's on a pound for pound conversation. He has to be because he would pick apart and beat a dude um, who's arguable number one pound for pound in the world right now. At the very least, I think he's top three to five right now as it stands. And for Fulton, it would, it would be a career defining victory because in a way is easily the best guy he will have fought to this point. Yeah. And when we talk about in terms of resume, this would be cool boy steps biggest name on his resume not to say that he doesn't have names on his resume because you just mentioned Brandon Figueroa as well but I think this automatically puts him on the pound for pound list if you don't already have him on there and I think a lot of people actually don't have him on there 
Like when I talk to people on their pound for pound list, they continuously disrespect Stephen Fulton. He's on my pound for pound list. And I think when we get into the betting portion of this show, you're going to see why he's on my pound for pound list. But I think if he gets this win over Inouye, not only does he get the respect, but I think it also propels him to possibly be a future face of boxing. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah. If you beat Inouye, you are going to be on the pound for pound list and you are one of the faces of boxing. Then you're continuously getting bigger fights. Then you're, you know, fighting in Vegas constantly. You're getting those pay-per-views. Like this is going to be a career defining moment for Stephen Fulton and it's going to propel his career. And here's the thing. He could also move up to featherweight after because what we were talking about earlier was when uh, Cool Boy Steph was set to fight, you know, his nemesis in Akhmadaliev. Akhmadaliev didn't hold up his end of the bargain, right? And said, and then this fight came along, and I think it was a better fight for the fans. I think he would have beat Akhmadaliev. And when we get into the betting portion, you'll see who I'm going to pick. But this is a fight where a lot is riding for Stephen Fulton because he's undefeated. He's and he's taking this fight this is what we want to see and we've been kind of seeing it a little bit more recently in boxing uh with tank and ryan now we're seeing it with in and fulton but i think this for sure puts him on the pound for pound list i don't know if he cracks top five but i think top 10 for sure like for the people that don't have him on the list he cracks the top 10 and if you don't put him on there you're a hater like that's disrespectful and that's the thing it's like I think coming into this fight, Stephen Fulton's getting disrespected left, right, and center. He's done really? it in this weight class. He's done it. Look, when we get to the odds, you're going to be like, okay, like, okay, yeah, it's a massive that. favorite. I, Vegas I, maybe, is disrespecting him. And okay, Vegas, no, even, yeah. no, and yeah. even when you talk to people, everyone's like, oh, like, they're already, everyone that I've talked to at least is already thinking Inouye's going to win. Right. And I know how That's good Inouye is. I know how good Inouye is, but Fulton's done it in this weight class. Inouye's coming up to this weight class. When he came up to 118, I was like, isn't he a little small for 118? Prove me wrong. You know what I mean? But Fulton's <laughs> the bigger dude. And so, you know, once he gets this, becomes undisputed, will he stay undisputed and just like be the king of the division? Or is he going to move up to featherweight? Because he's a big dude. He could move up to featherweight after. Maybe we get a rematch with him and Brandon Figueroa after. Because, um, you know, like you mentioned, that was a controversial bout between them. And I think a lot of people thought Figueroa won that fight. I had an eight to four. But nonetheless, I think Stephen Fulton cements himself in the boxing conversation pound for pound. And oh, not only does he do that, but I think this makes him a bigger star and possibly makes him the face of boxing, at least one of the faces of boxing, Brian. Before we get into the betting portion of this, I want to uh, seize on one thing you said, which is basically that you've talked to a lot of people who are disrespecting Stephen Fulton. Uh, the books, I do, I do feel disrespect, like disrespect, man. That's they've gone wider. Disrespect. In, they've gone wider even, in a way's favor for sure. Yo, even when you were talking and you were just like, I, I don't see it happening, but <laughs> disrespect, bro. What are you talking? This guy's got two belts in the division. He's been doing it. And do you think he would have beat Akhmedaliev? Because I think he would have. I, I think they, I think both of these guys beat Akhmedaliev. I think both of these guys beat Marlon Tapalas, who now has the other two titles in this weight class. Um, I think these are the two best at 122. They'd be the two best at 118. Yeah. They could beat probably, you know, potentially anybody at featherweight. Like, I think so. I think both, yeah. well, both I, of these guys yeah. are that good. But I wanted to say, like, I've actually talked to a bunch of people who 
they're a little bit more on the 50-50, could go either way side. Maybe okay. they're just more respectful to Stephen Fulton. But I want to meet those people because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't met any of those people, bro. I've definitely like- I've talked to some people and I've also just seen on my timeline like a lot of people are just sort of like, hey, like Stephen Fulton, like he could actually do this. And look, I grant you, like, we'll get to the betting right now. There are a lot of different ways where like Naoya in a way could win this fight. But I think that Stephen Fulton could win this fight for reasons that we're going to get to in the betting portion. Because, look, this is very close. And I think I think Naoya Inoue is a huge favorite, and for good reason. And he's also fighting in Japan. I think that's factored in. But, yeah, Stephen Fulton is being at least disrespected to some degree by the sports books because he is that good. So, okay, you know what? If you're watching this on the video side, we were just laughing because we were like, how are we going to end this? Are we going to go into betting? Um, But we're going to end this right now and give you a separate portion of the betting so we can give you a full breakdown of how we're going to be betting this fight. Once again, let us know who you're rolling with. And also, what do you think happens if Inouye wins? What do you think if Cool Boy Steph wins? Uh, Let us know. Drop some comments below. Also, please, please, if you like the content, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on our social media channels and make sure to look out for that betting preview.